It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us uh, by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man in a Panic. is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy right now where you're watching or listening to the show. Just go to Amazon.com. Uh, or uh, barnesandnoble.com, or drop me an email, bill at billycboxing.com, or billy at talkingboxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Um, first and foremost, I just want to apologize uh, uh, for uh, doing the show off the time slot, but it will be available at our normal time, Thursdays, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, So uh, let's get right into it. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. It's going to be short and sweet, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, First, uh, I want to just touch on some fights, or at least one card that I watched last weekend uh, that I loved uh, from February 10th. Um, Guess where it was from? That's right, England, the UK, uh, where I think uh, uh, boxing, eh, listen, professional boxing is the best in the UK, in my opinion. Uh, this was another great broadcast uh, on the uh, Zone, and the truth of the matter is, no huge names in it. Uh, but what an entertaining card this was! Um, in a extremely entertaining non-stop action fight uh, in the super featherweight division, uh, Reese Bellotti improved to 18 wins, five losses, with 14 knockouts uh, when he uh, dethroned the previously undefeated. British champ uh, Liam Dillon, who drops to 13 wins, one loss, one draw, three of his wins coming by knockout. Bilotti's, uh, uh 18 wins, 14 coming by knockout. 117, 117-112, 116-112, uh, with the way the three judges scored, all in favor of uh, Reese the Bomber Bilotti. And uh, it was at the O2 Arena. I've never seen a fight there, but man, would I love to see it. It's got front, you know, I'd love to see a fight there. Um, it's like the gladiator look, you know, the the way the the uh, venue is set up. You're, you're looking down at the fighters, which uh, I've always loved. I've always loved. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, great. And this fight, when I say it was nonstop action from bell to bell, I mean, it was no uh, Hagler Hearns, but uh, uh, it was great. And I, I tell you the truth, I was a little surprised at the scores, 117 uh, to 111 and 112. Uh uh, even 116-112, I mean, Bilotti was, was counter-punching, and he was landing pretty solidly. Um, but, I mean, Dylan just didn't stop. I mean, this kid was was coming forward and throwing punches. I, I think his accuracy uh, failed him a little bit. And um, at the end of the day, it was a, uh, it was a great fight, great card. Uh, the other fight I wanted to mention that I enjoyed, it, it um, was not a high-profile fight by any means. Um, and uh, uh, the cruiserweight uh, division, uh, John Hedges, 
uh, improved to 9-0 and with three knockouts when he scored a second-round knockout over uh, Erdogan Kadria, uh, who dropped to 20 wins and six losses with 12 of his wins coming by knockout. Um, I, I, I really like what I saw in, in Hedges. I'm looking forward to see him, uh, seeing him again. Um, and, you know, he I, I love the cruiserweight um, division. And it's a, uh, it's a division that uh, it's unfortunate that it's not as popular here uh, in the uh, U.S. I'll give a shout-out to Jason, who's in the chat room right now. Glad you could join us. Um, you know, I, I love... Uh, I, I love the um, the division. I, you know, the cruiserweight division, 200 pounds uh, max, uh, or actually it's 199.9. Uh, I, I wish it would take off a little more here in the States uh, so we would get to see uh, uh, a little more. But uh, uh, again, once, uh, once again, an extremely entertaining card from the UK. Uh, all right, let's get to some... Uh, uh, news that I want to talk about. First and foremost, uh, Canelo Alvarez um, is uh, he he made his big announcement on uh, what was it Tuesday? I think um, basically what we've gotten at and and a little more that has you know snuck out today. Uh, he said he's fighting an American. He wouldn't say who, but the word on the curb today is that it is uh, against Charlo. Uh, on the fourth, uh, rumor has it that he signed a multi-fight deal with Azteca TV, um, and uh, I, I think up to five fights, um, which is great for him, great for Azteca TV. But let me tell you something: as far as for boxing, Canelo Charlo, we're going to see the same thing. I mean, they're twins, right? Well, we're going to see the same kind of fight. The Charlos are frauds. How many freaking times do I got to tell you? You know, I mean, the PBC is a joke. I'll get to that a little bit later. I'm very disappointed in Canelo Alvarez. I understand it. I know the business of boxing. I understand it 100% that, you know, the guy draws. He makes all this money. People are throwing money at him to do fights. Um, I, I can't blame him from that aspect. But what bothers me about Canelo is that Canelo talks the crap. That he's doing, you know, he's in it for the legacy and he wants to fight the best fights and all of that. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't. And, you know, as much as I'm critical of Floyd Mayweather, he's doing the same thing of Floyd, that Floyd did. He's picking easy fights. He's collecting paydays. So you can't blame the guy for padding his bank account. And I certainly don't. I wish I had the change that he probably has in one of his sofas. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is, you know, Canelo Alvarez, you know, if he challenged himself and fought some big fights now, and I'm talking big fights, like I like the Terrence Crawford fight. I think that Canelo and Terrence Crawford, and to be honest with you, if I'm Canelo and I'm looking at it, now now this isn't how I feel the fight would go, but if I'm Canelo and you know I'm looking at Crawford and I'm seeing you know, a 35-year-old uh, guy who has to move up uh, two solid weight classes to fight me, um, and, and Canelo has proven that he's pretty comfy at 168. Um, you know, it, it's a worthwhile risk. And the money that they could get uh, is unbelievable. I'm shocked that he doesn't do it. But, but, I did hear this. I heard that Canelo Alvarez uh, is considering Crawford. Um, the thing is, is that uh, Jaime Mugaya uh, is a guy 
that uh, uh, they're in negotiations with, and we could very well see that fight uh, in September. He will fight again in September. So uh, as far as the Charlo fight, I'll tell you something. Um, yeah, Jason, Jason's in the chat room. He's saying Canelo's on a decline. Um, you know, he very well may be with the division he's in. And he showed that against Bivol that he kind of bit off more he could chew. Uh, right now, he's, you know, the guy in the super middleweight division. But look what he's doing. He's, he's I mean, the, the Charlo, the first Charlo he fought, moved up two weight classes to fight him. Uh, and he's the better one. This Charlo, the middleweight guy who hasn't fought and, uh, you know, uh, it's a joke. And I, and, I, and I really, I'm shocked that uh, people, if there's anybody that, that's out there that wants to see the fight. Now, don't get me wrong. The Canelo lovers, the, the people that will do whatever, you know, support Canelo in any way, they just want to see Canelo win. They don't care if he's uh, fighting uh, Bozo the Clown. They, you know, they're going to buy a ticket. Um, it's the, uh, it's the f fight fans, the diehards, the, uh, boxing purists that want to see the good fights. And, and, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned, uh, Crawford and as much as I'm a big Crawford fan, um, you know, um, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, everyone's saying Jerron Enos should be the guy that, uh, Crawford fights. Next, and the truth of the matter is, there's no money in in an Enos fight for for Crawford. Crawford's on. Crawford wants a payday too. You know, the guy was screwed for for his career. Uh, he he didn't get the big fights, the money fights. Obviously, the largest payday he ever got was his last fight. Uh, and you know, he's waiting for another payday, and he deserves it. This is a cat that deserves a big payday, and I can't see him getting a bigger one than fighting uh, Canelo Alvarez. And if Alvarez doesn't grant that fight, I mean, let's face it. You know, I, I know it's a win-win for Crawford, and people could say uh, that Canelo, the uh, same thing they said against the other uh, 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 Charlo brother, that, you know, he moved up two weight classes. But let's not even discuss the name Charlo, and I don't care which one you're talking about, uh, and, and Terrence Crawford in the same conversation. Because Terrence Crawford is, is, is a Hall of Fame fighter. He's a pound-for-pound pound top fighter. You know, um, Canelo Alvarez has nothing to be ashamed of should he beat him. And I said on the show last week, I predict that if Canelo had the balls to step in the ring with uh, uh, Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford wins. I'm telling you that right now. Terrence Crawford beats Canelo. So uh, that's that. And, uh, you know, Crawford's trainer uh, said the same stuff, that Enos doesn't bring... Uh, anything uh, to the uh, uh, to the table. So May fourth, uh, Canelo against Charlo two, not a rematch. The second Charlo um, is uh, is going to be the fight. It looks like. Hopefully, I mean, there was an interview with uh, Charlo from his jet ski on vacation, saying, "Eh, nothing's nothing's definite. Nothing's definite." You know, um, that probably just means he hasn't signed the contract. Um, but uh, it hasn't been announced. Uh, all over the planet yet so hopefully i'm wrong and i'm uh, i'm running with some news that i uh heard from uh uh the curb and i hope i'm wrong because i would much rather see canelo uh fight terence crawford or even uh, jaime mugaya uh or even david benavides so any one of them anybody but charlo anybody but charlo 
Jason Gonzalez says he'll fight Charlo right now. And, and I'll put my money on Jason. Uh, anyway, uh, we learned a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, Tyson Fury got a cut in sparring. Uh, a lot of stuff uh, uh, went on about that. And um, I personally, you know, look, um, in all the, I've been involved in boxing for 35 years. And the truth of the matter is, is this, you know, I, fighters shouldn't be sparring heavy, uh, you know, 10 days, two weeks out from a fight. They should be just doing light sparring just for timing purposes, um, you know, let alone with, you know, full, full headgear. They should have full headgear on, you know, um, and uh, not just the normal standard headgear, you know, the full face uh, headgear. And, uh, you know, a cut like that wouldn't have happened. Um, it's, it's a severe cut. It took eight, uh, what was it? 11 stitches to sew it up. They've, uh, moved the fight back to May 18th. And, uh, Usyk said, uh, uh, I don't judge anyone. Um, no one at all. It happens. This is boxing. You need to take it seriously because we're on a different level, uh, with Tyson Fury. We must cross out all the little things in order to keep preparing to go into the ring. He says, uh, I've put many things at stake. I didn't even celebrate holidays, not New Year's, not my birthday, not the birthdays of my children uh, that took place while I was in training. I wasn't with my wife when she gave birth to a child. Um, he also uh, had he had missed uh, the birth of his fourth child on uh, January 28th when he stayed in uh, camp. Um, I think Usyk's a class act. Uh, I, I, I really think that, um, and, and I wasn't going to say this, um, but... I think Usyk is going to beat him, you know, and I've been a Tyson Fury fan ever since uh, we used to have a, a, a UK correspondent, uh, Thomas Newman, and I hope Thomas is listening, and uh, we miss you, buddy, we wish you'd come back, um, and uh, he was traveling all over the world, he was like Uncle Traveling Mac, if anybody remembers who that is, um, but, uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, is I would have never said that Tyson Fury would have uh, lost to Usyk now uh, I don't know I don't know um, Jason's in the chat room asking me uh, uh, if uh, I feel Tyson Fury's become a spectacle um, yes you know I, I think that's part of his shtick uh, but he does usually perform well in the ring at least he did against Deontay Wilder but then again Deontay Wilder was a one chick pony and he was exposed uh, Is you know if you could stay away from him and he doesn't land that bomb uh, you know, now there's some s questions about the Fury fight, even on May 18th. Um, would the eye actually be healed in that much time? This was already uh, an injury that uh, was opened up uh, from a previous scar tissue. Um, you know, uh, is he going to be able to get the right sparring in? Uh, he's 35 uh, years old. Um, do they postpone it again? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, normally, from what I understand, it takes at least six weeks uh, for uh, uh, that tissue around the eye to heal. Um, and, and, and I don't know if that's considering somebody that's already gotten an injury at, in that spot. I, I did learn that scar tissue actually, although, although the, the cuts open up in the same area, the scar tissue itself is stronger than uh, where the cut was, you know, where, where the cut was with the scar tissue, that becomes stronger. It's the skin above and below that scar, that tear. So it becomes 
uh, if you get cut in that same spot uh, multiple times, you're actually getting thicker scar tissue, which is good, but it's bad because now you have a larger area that's prone to splitting again, the, the top and bottom of the scar tissue, if, if it's a straight line. Um, so uh, we'll see uh, what happens with that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, he's not going to be able to spar for a full six weeks. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, he said he was in the best shape of his life. And, uh, uh, you know, people were asking him if, if he was going to retire. Um, you know, um, I, I think that um, it was interesting to hear Tyson Fury in a recent interview uh, when he uh, said that uh, he's not retiring. Uh, as a matter of fact, he has a five-fight plan uh, in place. He says, uh, first and foremost, he's fighting uh, Usyk. And then he's got, uh, in his mind, he says uh, he's got uh, two potential fights, back-to-back fights with Anthony Joshua. So there's uh, three. Um, and and assuming that he gets a rematch with Usyk, there's four. And then he's thinking about uh, fighting again uh, Francis Ngannou. So, and he said, and I quote, I keep hearing talk of old people saying I should retire or I'm going to retire soon or whatever. He says, I ain't retiring. I got two fights with Usyk. Uh, then I'm going to fight AJ at least once, hopefully twice. Uh, and if he wants a, uh, if he wants another fight after the first beating I'm going to give him, then I'm going to fight Nag- um, I'm going to fight him a second time, referring to AJ. He says, then I'm going to fight Nagano. He says, that's the start. There's five fights. He says, I ain't going nowhere. I'm 35 years old and I'm in the prime of my life. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with that. I think that if he beats Usyk, um, I, he should retire. And I, and I say that only because, I mean, the Usyk fights, financially, he should be set. I mean, I, you know, uh, Vander Holyfield and Mike Tyson each made over $450 million throughout their career. They both ended up going bankrupt, so you never know. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, somebody give me a million dollars and I'll drive off into the sunset and uh, I'll be fine. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know about uh, Tyson. I, he's a talker, um, and uh, it is what it is uh, with Tyson Fury. And I just want to uh, remind you that uh, Jaime Mungaya uh, and Canelo Alvarez were pretty deep uh, into uh, uh, con- uh, contract talks uh, prior to uh, the big announcement from this past Tuesday. Uh, some other things that are happening. Um, Jason wants to know, he says, Deontay Wilder shouldn't be the litmus test for Fury. Don't you agree? Um, I don't know if I agree, Jay. And I'll tell you why. Because Tyson Fury... Um, you know, those, th- those fights, those three fights, and I think, that, uh, I think that Tyson Fury won all three, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think it kind of made, it kind of made, I, I shouldn't say it made his career, but it, it changed his career. You know, because if you remember, Tyson Fury, I always used to say, you know, when I watched him, and thanks, again, uh, give credit to Thomas Newman, turn me on to Tyson Fury after his second pro fight, and I've never missed one since. You know, if you watch some of those early fights with, with Tyson Fury, he was so much bigger than his opponent that he developed. And, and, and I noticed this with the Klitschko brothers, too, well, at least with Vlad, um, that, you know, they had a tendency to, to punch downward. Um, you know, because their opponents are smaller, right? 
And, you know, you throw a jab, and Tyson Fury was, was throwing a jab from, from, like, almost waist level, you know. And uh, once you get in a ring with a guy that's the same height as you, um, that doesn't work anymore. And, you know, if you're fighting smaller guys, smaller guys, and all of a sudden you're fighting a guy the same size, if not bigger, um, you know, there's an adjustment. And I think Tyson Fury had to go through that adjustment. I The fight that always sticks in my mind is Steve USS Cunningham, who was uh, a cruiserweight, um, and he rocked uh, Tyson Fury. And I always thought Tyson Fury had a questionable chin. You know, he demonstrated that he goes down, but he gets up. And, uh, you know, Deontay Wilder, although I, I, I never thought much of him, the one thing I will say is he's got a freakish, powerful right. And uh, he's put uh, Tyson Fury down, but Tyson Fury's gotten up. The thing that I say, the reason why I say I think maybe that made his fight, uh, his career, so to speak, or, or renewed his career, is because he learned how to use his power. He never really had power for a guy that big, you know. Ever since he's been training with Sugar, I mean, that made uh, that made a big difference. And now you get a guy that size that knows how to use his weight to his advantage by leaning on people and everything else, and he's all of a sudden can knock you out. That's a dangerous MFer. I'll tell you that right now at a seven-foot-tall guy. You know, so uh, anyway, some other news. Uh, uh, it was announced uh, last week or actually the week before. Um, Devin Haney is going to fight, uh, defend his WBC lightweight title against Ryan Garcia. Has this been a saga? I mean, Ryan Garcia goes for a jog with uh, Floyd Mayweather, comes back and doesn't want to fight this one, wants to fight that one, then doesn't want this, then wants to fight this, and next thing you know, they announced that Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia, the fight that we wanted to begin with, is going to happen. Um, my initial thoughts on this, you know, Devin Haney, is he didn't really impress me until his last fight. His last fight, I was like, okay, I've been wrong about Devin Haney, you know, um, you know, and you know, um, I, you know, Ryan Garcia, um, I, you know, Ryan Garcia is his own worst enemy. Um, you know, I got uh, uh, Joe in here, and Jason both think that uh, you know uh, Ryan Garcia is a joke. Basically, uh, Jason thinks he's Victor Ortiz two point Um I don't know, uh, Victor Ortiz, uh, when he was, before he started the losses, he was exciting, and uh, um, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying that Ryan Garcia isn't excite, exciting, but I, I think he's, yeah, exactly, he's he got zero discipline, and I think that that's the problem. You know, once a fighter, especially a young fighter like Garcia, um, starts, uh, you know, thinking they can do it all on their own, it's over. You you lost him. And, and Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy, they got a problem with him. You know, I did, you know, I was at, uh, I was in Vegas uh, for a, a couple of the Canelo events, and um, I did a, a couple of interviews, uh, well, with Oscar and B-Hop and uh, Ryan Garcia. And, you know, Ryan was a fun interview. Um, he's a fun kid, and, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of uh, I kind of pull for him. I don't know why. I, I I like Devin Haney. I like Devin Haney a lot. Uh, and you know the guy is just letting his talent and his you know talk show up in the ring. And and that's what I like about um, uh, Devin Haney. And that's what I think all fighters should do. It's taking place uh, April twentieth in Las Vegas on the Zone. And I'm looking forward to that fight. Another fight that I'm looking forward to, um, 
you know, uh, see now Jason's saying Devin, Devin Hang, Haney is the opposite, not so talented, but has tremendous discipline. Now, I, I got to agree with you with the discipline, but I'm going to strongly disagree uh, that he doesn't have talent because, I, you know, I used to think not much of him, Jay. I used to not think much of, uh, of Devin Haney until his last fight. I, he does have talent. He knows how to box. He's not afraid to go in there. That's what his father meant when he was saying, oh, it took Floyd. He's no Floyd Mayweather. Right, because he goes in and he wants to, to engage. Uh, the only thing I'll say, anybody that's listened to me, I've been on air now. This show, we've been doing this show. This is our 21st year. Anybody that's listened to me any length of time knows I'm not a fan of Mayweather. But I will say this. Prior to him being Money Mayweather, when he was pretty boy Floyd, uh, under top rank, he was exciting. You know, um, he was no uh, Hector Camacho, but uh, uh, he was exciting. But uh, the fight I'm looking forward to, June 1st in Saudi Arabia. Now, these two guys... Are are the are the what I would love all fighters in their respected weight classes would do. You know, in today's world of a gazillion belts, um, it really goes back to. And I'll paraphrase what Boom Boom Mancini said: "There's one world. There should be one world title holder, and that's the end of that." And I respect the fighters that go and unify. Then, of course, the sanctioning body strip them all, and it becomes a free for all again. But a Tor Beaterbeeve against Dimitri Bivol, the two best light heavyweights on the planet, going at it toe-to-toe June 1st in Saudi Arabia. The only thing that I'm concerned with with this fight um, is uh, with um, what I, I shouldn't say concerned. I'm, I'm confused about is why the computer, excuse me, um, ranks Bivol at number one and Beaterbeeve at number two. I don't understand that. Um, but uh, I guess we're going to get to see June 1st. Uh, Beater Beaver is, is a powerful puncher. Uh, he stalks his, his opponent. Uh, Bivol seems to fight to the level of his opposition. I've seen Bivol take punches, and I've seen Bivol, you can't even hit the guy. You know, um, it's going to be a good fight. It's a, it's a really good matchup. And Bivol can punch too, although he hasn't had a knockout. Um, yeah, right. And, and uh, Beater Beaver is 39. You know, um, or 38. Did he tur- turn 39? I know he was 38 in his last fight, but that's uh, uh, another point. And he's been in some more. But, he, you know, he's so powerful. Um, I, I don't know. I love the fight. We're going to see. The number one guy will come out. Another fight that I wanted to uh, mention that is is um, coming out or, or being rescheduled is the flyweight uh, clash between uh, J.C. Martinez uh, and uh, Angelino Cordova. Uh, I love Julio Cesar Martinez. I love watching this kid fight. Uh, the only thing I'm not going to like is that it happens to be uh, on the uh, uh, on PBC's uh, event, and I think the PBC is 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 terrible. Okay, I, I their fighters are terrible. Uh, they they've lied to the fans. Um, uh, the only good thing is I, I think I read somewhere that this particular matchup, even though it's a world title, will be free. You won't have to uh, have uh, uh, whatever it's on Prime. Uh, um, it's on uh, Prime, I think, Prime Video, uh, and it's a pay-per-view, um, the main event, which is a joke, which I'll get to in a minute. 
but this fight I'm looking forward to. Cordova, I don't, you know, Martinez is a guy that never stops throwing punches. I, I, he's just so exciting to watch. Uh, 20 wins, two losses, 15 coming by knockout. He's going to defend his WBC title against Cordova, who's undefeated, 18-0 and 0, uh, with a draw, with 12 of his wins coming by knockout. Um, you know, uh, Martinez is part of uh, Team Canelo. Uh, Eddie Reynoso uh, trains him. Um, uh, you know, Mike uh, Mike is in the, in the chat room asking me any chance I can get John Scully on. Um, you know what? I'm going to reach out to John. John owes me a favor. And uh, that's a good idea. I'm going to take a. I'm going to. I'm going to um, write myself a note right here, my man. Um, I, I'm sure John will find some time um, to uh, to to hang with us. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I'm uh, working on getting my man Marlon on, and uh, we got a lot of a uh, lot of cool stuff coming up that we're going to try to do if I can keep. Uh, my interest in this sport because uh, it's it's going quick. It's it's not so much some of the fighters, but it's fights like this one. Okay, Keith Thurman uh, going up against uh, Tim Tazoo. Um, <laughs> Keith Thurman is one of the biggest jokes uh, of the sport of boxing. You know, he's such a bullshit artist. I mean, I can't stand him. I never liked him. Uh, he's a legend in his own mind. L l listen to this. Um, now, he's 35 years old. He hasn't fought in 25 months. You, you guys don't need a calculator to figure out that that's more than two years, right? Um, and, you know, this is a guy that everybody was was uh, uh, anointing as, as the next best thing. Um, and uh, Thurman said this the other day uh, because, you know, obviously he's promoting the um, Tim Tazoo fight, uh, and he's a PBC guy. It figures, right? You know, all these frauds, uh, they're all PBC fighters, right? The Charlo brothers, and, uh, Thurman. Um, he says, and this is, a, I'm going to quote what Keith Thurman says. He says, this is just what I do. I know boxing. I talk boxing, but I can really perform. And I'm really looking forward to doing it one more time. You know, that statement right there tells me he's looking for a payday one more time like he doesn't he's not giving himself a chance. Uh, but anyway, he says it's another opportunity for me to show my greatness. Who the F says he's great uh, for me to bring exciting action into a beautiful sport for the fans. Apologies to those who have been holding out and have been in my corner the whole time who have never fell off the Keith Thurman bandwagon. I know it's challenging for you all. I know that you want to see more. I wish I would have done more, but I've still got more left in the tank. I'm 35. This is the second leg of my career. And the way that I was able to bring you exciting fights at 147, I look forward to doing that in another weight class come March uh, 30th. He, he's going to be fighting at junior middleweight in case you, you weren't following that bouncing ball. Uh, he goes on to say, I'm not a couch potato. We're really trying to make something uh, happen. Uh, we were trying to make something happen in 23, uh, but when uh, Spence bypassed me uh, as a mandatory, that was unfortunate. And then Mario Barros uh, ended up fighting Ugas, so I wasn't able to get Ugas in the ring. That was unfortunate. Those are the things that kept me out uh, of the ring. You know, he's so full of shit. You remember the injury? Mem remember the injury that, you know, the car had no damage to and, and all that? Keith Thurman... You know what? You know why he's fighting on this card, in my opinion? I'll tell you why. No, 
Why, you ask? I'll tell you why. The reason why is because I think he's trying to get a gig uh, doing uh, uh, announcing or color commentary uh, for the PBC broadcast. Um, He's been involved in a couple. He's terrible, by the way. And uh, I I just, you know, it's it's sad that, you know, Tim Tazu has to fight this guy. Um, I don't see it being an entertaining fight at all. Um, But anyway, during the the sale of the fight, Keith Thurman uh, made a comment that the so-called Mexican style of boxing merely involves uh, fighters that are slow-footed. Now, I don't know if he meant that the Mexican style are fighters that don't run because fast-footed fighters are running around the ring trying to avoid it. Uh, but uh, I don't know. But but that really got under uh, Timmy's skin because he says Mexican styles are one of the greatest styles in the world. Can't say I disagree with that. He says, uh, don't be re- disrespecting the Mexican style. Don't respect my style because I actually hurt people. And he's making a comment to the nickname one time that is supposed to mean one punch. And uh, incidentally, uh one time hasn't knocked out anybody in almost a decade. His last knockout came out in 2015. Uh, he's a, this is Tim Tassou says he's a, a decision guy. He's a decision maker, split decision. I don't. I win by either a big, big, big points difference or I knock him out. My style, you can't back up my style. Um, he says uh, he says you can't back my style up. I'm sorry. Uh, he says, I'm going to make him squeal. And mark my words, he'll be squealing in the ring. When you have somebody who's been on a honeymoon for two years and you got somebody who's been grinding it out nonstop, there's a big difference. I just don't want him to lay out any excuses. No excuses from him. None of this over-the-hill bullshit or that he hasn't fought in two years. Just bring that same energy because that's the energy I want when we get in the ring. You know, that's so true. I can't stand these fighters that talk all the shit and then they uh, they come up with an excuse. I don't want to make any excuses, but, well, here comes the excuse, right? Um, I'm just thankful to, to my God uh, that, uh, and your God, God, you know, I'm thankful that uh, the WBO uh, declined to sanction this fight like they tried to get them to sanction the fight. That would have been a travesty. That would have been a travesty. Uh, another comment I want to make, uh, I don't know if you, you saw this in the news, but uh, uh, Eddie Hearn was was trying to, after Conor Ben's win uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, he's calling out everybody. And uh, one of the names that popped up was uh, Tank Davis, Javante Davis. And uh, Davis, you know, was like, yeah, I'll fight him, I'll fight him. Which, when you think about it, um, you know, I mean, Davis, I'm a Davis fan for his style in the ring. I'm not a Davis fan for his antics. Um, But, uh, um, you know, Conor Ben's not in the same league. Uh, But there was the weight difference, right? So uh, Eddie Hearn made it clear that that they would make that fight uh, under one condition, that Javante Davis fights him at 147. I think that that's a, 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 a doable fight for, for Davis to fight at 147. It's a, it's a 147 max, right? So Davis can come in at 140, 144, 145, you know, and be comfortable. Conor Ben's not going to be able to beat him. I don't care uh, about the size. 
but you know the 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 uh, the the bottom line is Devonta Davis uh, most likely will price himself uh, out of uh, the fight altogether. So, all right, tonight there's a fight on. Um, one of my uh, favorite fighters, Jojo Diaz, is getting back into the ring. He's fighting uh, Jesus Perez, um, and uh, um, you know I think uh, uh, this fight. Well, let's do a breakdown. Jojo Diaz, 33 wins, four losses, one draw. Of his 33 wins, 15 wins coming by knockout. Of his four losses, he's never been stopped. Um, You know, his losses, who did they come to, right? Well, in May of 2018, he lost to Gary Russell, 12-round decision. In December of 21, he lost a 12-round decision to Devin Haney. Uh, In October of... uh, uh, 22, he lost a 12-round decision to uh, William Zapata. And in his uh, last loss, which was uh, in uh, March of uh, last year, 2023, uh, Mercito Gesta it was a, a very close fight, split decision loss. Um, you know, I think that um, in all his losses, um, Jojo Diaz was flat, you know, wasn't ready for the fight, uh, all those things. Um, when you look at those four losses and then you take a look at his at his wins, I mean, you, you, the fighters that, first of all, he's fought some pretty tough competition since he he came out on the scene. I mean, you look at his record and really you, you got to go before, let's see, you go all the way back. You got to go all the way back to, to 2013, uh, 2014. You know, the beginning of 2014, he fought, uh, you know, not that great competition. But from the middle of 2014, uh, which he fought four times, five times, six times in 2014, um, all the other uh, opponents were good. And then you look at his the, the, the top fighters that he won, Jason Velez, uh, Victor Proa, uh, Horatio Garcia, Manuel Avila, um, uh, Victor Terrazaz and Terrazaz was was you know that was that fight at that time Terrazaz was was one of the top fighters uh Jesus Rojas uh Charles Hurtado Freddie Francesca Tevin Farmer Javier Fortina um you know these are all good fights good opponents uh that uh Jojo Diaz beat uh he's a former uh, uh world featherweight uh champion former junior lightweight champion and he was a former lightweight title challenger. And I put an asterisk next to that because he did hold on to the uh, interim lightweight title, which, you know, come on. I don't even uh, want to hear that. This fight against Jesus Perez uh, is uh, officially at junior welterweight. Uh, both fighters uh, weighed in slightly under the uh, the welterweight limit of 140, uh, junior welterweight limit of 140. Diaz weighed 137.6, Perez 138.2. Um, he's uh, 31 years old already, Jojo Diaz. Um, and uh, he's ranked by the computer at number 31. He's not ranked in any of the sanctioning bodies, which is a little surprising, maybe maybe because of the weight class. Um, and uh, I, I just think that, you know, he's fought some tough fights. He's an exciting fighter. I've always liked Jojo Diaz. Now, he stepped in the ring with uh, Jesus uh, Perez, who's ranked at number 380 by the computer. Yeah, you heard that right. 31 by the computer for Diaz, 380 in the computer for, for Perez. Um, he lost his last two fights 
Uh, incidentally, he lost three of his last four, and he lost five of his last eight. His record is 24 wins, 18 come by knockout, five losses. He's never been stopped, um, but he's never beat anybody of note. If you go back and look at all 24 of those wins, they're all against <laughs> uh, less than stellar opposition. Uh, this is a showcase fight for Jojo Diaz, um, and it will be a showcase fight for him. He's going to look good. Uh, I think he's even going to stop Perez. Perez has got youth on his side. He's only 26 years old. But I really don't see him. St- I, don't, I, I can't give him a chance against Diaz. And uh, I'm sure Diaz is going to get another world title shot uh, after uh, a win tonight. Uh, so make sure you tune in. It is another uh, card on DAZN. And speaking of DAZN, um, I really think that uh, DAZN uh, has taken over boxing. They, they've taken it over. It's not new. They they took it over a couple of years ago, but they're really, really uh, sticking the fork in the rest of them. Um, you know, the PBC, they're a joke, uh, and so are their fighters, and their unwillingness to fight other promoters' fighters is even worse. Um, you know, I think the only reason why Canelo, well, Canelo's fighting Charlo because he knows it's an easy payday, but it's also because of the deal that he had with PBC. Um, you know, um, Jason is telling me in here as far as the uh, uh, Davis. He says Tank uh, is too short for 147. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that he becomes a a, a welterweight fighter at all, Jay. I, I, what I'm saying is to fight Conor Ben for the money that he would get, and he would go over to England and do it. It's worth it. You know, he is short. But he, I don't think, I, you know, his hand speed alone would uh, would do in uh, Connor Ben. But uh, anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, uh, hanging with us uh, for a little bit. And I say us, I mean me. Um, we've been uh, doing the show uh, a little prematurely uh, during the day because of my schedule. Uh, but it is uh, always available uh, Thursdays uh, by 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and we're planning on some good stuff coming up uh, soon uh, with the show on a regular basis. Uh, revamped Blast from the Past and some, uh, some, a great list of guests that are going to be coming on. Um, I got some other stuff cooking that I'm not going to announce yet. Um, but uh, it'll, I tell you what, it, it all depends on how boxing goes. And, and more importantly... You know, the fans, you know, I, I got to be honest, and I've said this before, and, I, and I'm probably chasing fans away, but, you know, in our heyday, uh, we, uh, we had a, a lot of fans, and, and I think what's happened is the fan base has changed so drastically for the sport of professional boxing, and I guess it's my age that um, I just don't have the patience for the igno- ignorance of a lot of the younger fans and their failure or refusal to learn about the history uh, of the sport. And I'm not saying that somebody's got to go and learn about everything, but they got to put in perspective what they're watching today. And, you know, the fact that they look at a fight, like, like Jojo Diaz, you look at him and a young fight fan might say, oh, he's got four losses, he can't be that good. But I just went over his record. And you look at all the fights that he fought, and you look at the fighters that he fought at the time he fought them, and, uh, you know, you got to give credit there. And a lot of fighters of today 
um, because of the way the younger fans and the way the, the promoters and, and streaming services and networks, they all think that a fighter isn't worth anything if they have a loss, um, they're being misled. Just because a fighter has a loss or two or three or five or eight doesn't mean it's a bad fighter. you got to look at the fights when they fought him. Canelo Alvarez has a loss. He's got two. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, Floyd was smart enough to fight Canelo when he did. And I think Floyd, he'll never admit it because he doesn't give anybody credit except himself. But I think he saw that Canelo was improving. Canelo was just a baby when he fought uh, Floyd. I always gave uh, Canelo credit for fighting Floyd. I, I started turning against Canelo uh, with the whole Triple G saga. I, I felt that that should have happened sooner than it did. Um, and I think that Canelo just waited for Triple G just to, you know, age. Um, but uh, but I did give him credit for fighting Kovalev. I think he uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, exposed Kovalev, at least a weakness. Um, so it is what it is. But anyway... Um, you know, I uh, uh, I hope that uh, you enjoyed the show, and uh, I hope you return next week. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast uh, so you get notified when we got something new. You can come on in, uh, be part of the show, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, in the chat room, or just drop me an email, and I'll be glad to read your uh, comment or question or uh, thought. Uh, on the air so uh, you could drop me an email bill at billycboxing.com or billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g dot com until next time make sure you tune in to the same bat channel at the same bat time whatever time i decide to do it uh but no matter what make sure you show up here next week okay until then ciao baby